Let's stand together this morning. Isn't this a beautiful day? Beautiful day today. Good to be in God's house. Good lesson, Sister uh, Stefano, And thank the Lord for answers to prayer uh, this last week. Um, miracles. Thank the Lord for help and in different ways, and so I'm glad that he's on the throne and trust him to help us this week. We're winding down now to start our revival a week from Tuesday, and uh, so put that on your schedule. If you haven't already, there's probably a few more announcements left back there on the desk, um, but let's be praying much that the Lord would help us, and uh, Brother Smith talked to him. I talked to him yesterday. His daughter Jessica is going to come with them now, uh, which will be nice and help with the music and stuff, so... I, I was thinking, I think I'm going to require him to play a banjo offertory every night. I love to hear him play the banjo, but um, whatever they come up with will be fine. But I'm just thinking about uh, revival time coming up so quick. And so uh, make sure you stop to get one of those announce announcements if you haven't or mark it on your calendar uh, to be here because we're trusting the Lord to help us here at our church in a special way because that's what God does. When we avail ourselves, when we humble ourselves, when we present ourselves, he comes to help us. Uh, and, and however much help we need, he is available. And I thank him for it. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this good day today. And we thank you so much for answers to prayer this last week. In miraculous ways, you, you're working. And we just thank you for it. We pray that you would touch us this morning while we're gathered here at church. And we just pray, Lord, you'll be with us. And then, Lord, others who cannot be here today. For various reasons, we pray you'd be with them and encourage our hearts in you and help us just to draw up close to you. Help us to sing out, help us to pray, help us to listen, help us to obey. And for all that's done, we'll give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Brother Adrian. All right, let's put ourselves right into the song service this morning. From the very first word, 129 in our hymn books. 129. Now, you may not recognize the lyrics to this song, but uh, I think you'll recognize the tune very quickly as we sing, We Come, O Christ, to You, 129.
what words in that song. I was thinking a little bit as we were singing there, verse two, you are the way to God, your blood our ransom paid. In you we face our judge and maker unafraid. Before the throne, absolved, we stand. Your love is met, your laws demand. You know, I'm glad we can stand before him guiltless because of his great love, because of his mercy. We didn't deserve, we didn't deserve this life that we live, but I'm glad that we can live it because of his death. Amen. We can stand pure before him this morning. All right, 108. 108, why don't you stand if you would please, if you're able to. Let's sing this song of testimony. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. I hope you can sing it with meaning this morning. 108.
thank you for your good singing this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you for those songs this morning, Brother Adrian. See, all in all to you this morning. Would you like to tell about it? serve the Lord and have someone to rely on with every need and every circumstance and that we can go to in prayer. So we go to the Lord in prayer this morning. We have a lot of needs on our list, and um, but God knows about every need. I just want to uh, touch on a few of them. In particular, um, Sister Anna Stolzfus has had a very rough morning this morning um, and very terrible pain, so let's remember her in a special way um, that God will just be with her. He's able He's able to touch her and help her, and we should pray so that God will just come down in a special way and give her a touch that's needed. It has to be very um, discouraging, um, not only painful, but discouraging, all that she's been through. So let's remember um, her and John in a special way this morning. And uh, also our outre- outreach families that we've been mentioning um, that we're involved with of the bus ministry. Um, it's, uh, God has opened doors into those homes through the bus ministry, and um, now that, that we're involved there, um, God is working and moving and, um, but pray that God continues to work and move. And the, and the certain ones that we've talked about, um, because of situations that are going on, there's, the need is very great there. Um, continue to remember those needs. Also, um, remember our bus ministry ongoing and the outreach that happens there, that it will continue to go, continue to grow, um, give help and wisdom and strength. And also, all rolled into that is the need for an outreach van. And uh, continue to keep praying about that, that God will send us the right one. We just don't want to pull the trigger on anything, um, but we, want, we know that God can work it out and find exactly what we need, and so continue to remember that in prayer. And then also on our list here, just looking down the list, I saw our children and youth on the list here. Remember our children and our youth, and um, thinking about them, and that's something that's close to my heart, and uh, thinking about that, they need our prayers daily, and the, the day that we live in, the things that they face, the things that they go through, um, they need our prayers in a, in a special way. And um, there's those that are serving God and trying to, we need to remember them in prayer, but also those that aren't serving God that need to really open their hearts up to him and give him an opportunity to come in and be first place in their life. So remember our children and our youth, and particularly in our church in a special way, that God will speak to them, even through revival time coming up, that God will speak to them. Many other physical needs on here, spiritual needs, and uh, those that we remember um, regularly, um, remember those as often as you can. Many needs that surround us. I just wonder if there are any this morning that you would like to share publicly before we go to the Lord in prayer. Let's remember those that are out ministering um, in the groups. Those uh, that were missing two young people from um, church today because they're out traveling. Um, for the school, hand of protection upon them. I know Ricky would appreciate your prayers. He's preaching this morning um, at a church. Um, 
Also, Brother Denver is going to be um, in revival this week. Let's remember him in prayer as he goes out in revival, that God will be with him, give him help and strength and wisdom through that revival time, that it would be a blessing um, to the people, and that God will come and help them in a special way. Any needs you'd like to mention this morning? Unspoken requests by upraised hands. If you'll stand for prayer this morning, let's just all lead out in prayer this morning. Dear Lord, we thank you for your help and for your strength that you give us on a daily basis, Lord. We thank you that we can come to you with the needs that are on our hearts, Lord, the burdens that are on our hearts. Each one of us has a different burden or need, perhaps, but it doesn't matter because we can bring each one of them before you, Lord, and you care, and you hear, and you understand. Lord, you know those that came into church this morning, maybe with a heavy heart, with a circumstance, or something that's been weighing on their mind. Lord, I pray that you would just be with them in a special way, and you would help them, and you would help them to turn their eyes towards you and realize that you can be there all in all. Lord, if there's those that are here this morning in this service that have a spiritual need, Lord, in their heart, and they're not clear with you, I pray that you would just come down and speak to them in a special way. Lord, that you would move upon their hearts. Lord, you know, you see, you can see beyond what we can see, and you know where they stand with you. Lord, we pray that you would speak even in this service, Lord, that you would call them and draw them, Lord, and make it easy to be obedient to you. Lord, we see all the physical needs that are represented on the list that we have here. We pray that you be with each and every one. We think very in particular this morning of, of her Anna, Lord. You see what she's been going through over the last weeks and months, Lord, and the, the situation with her leg, her hip, and all that's been going on, the pain that she's been going through, and no doubt the discouragement because of the setbacks. But Lord, you can be near to her in a special way. And Lord, you have a plan and you have a purpose in everything. Lord, we pray that you would speak and that you would move your Lord and be with her and John in a special way this morning. Be with their family. Lord, comfort them. Be near to them, Lord. Move as only you can move among them. Lord, and give a physical touch that's needed. Lord, we think of our bus ministry. We thank you for, for how you've been helping and how you've been helping it to grow and move and go forward. And Lord, we pray you continue to do so. You see the needs of the families involved there, Lord. And, and what a great responsibility really of ours because you've opened the doors and here we stand able to do something to help them. Lord, you're giving us wisdom to do that. We pray that you would speak to their hearts and that you would help them to, to turn their eyes towards you to see that they've tried everything else but that they can go to you and you're the answer for their need. I pray that you just continue to help those families in a special way that you would be near to them to see the need for the van, for the bus ministry and the asset that it would be to help continue outreach and maybe go into different areas and, and do different things. We pray that you would just bring the right one along that you would have for us, Lord. You know those that have given and sacrificed giving to, to purchase it. We want to do the right thing and find the right one for the job, Lord. And you know where it's at. You know all about that. We bring it before you this morning. Lord, you see each one of these requests. We pray especially also that you would be with us in the service this morning. That you would be with Brother Spangler as he ministers. And you would help him be near to him in a special way. And that he would feel your presence close. Lord, open our hearts. Open our ears to the truth this morning. And speak to us. And help us to draw closer to you service today. We thank you. We praise you for all your many blessings, Lord. You've been so good to us. We praise your name this morning. In that name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are of all people most blessed, are we not? Amen. Every need his hand supplying. Every good in him I see he is the author of all good, and all good comes from him on his strength, divine 
relying. I don't know about you, but I've tried many times to rely on Denver, and that often doesn't go too well. Don't always learn the lesson the best, but I've found that when you place your trust in Christ, rely on Him, trust in Him, Jesus, help me through. I'm going to do my best, Jesus. I'm not going to just give up. I'm going to do my best, but God, I need you to come through. I need your help. I need your wisdom and strength, and he does. We give him praise for that this morning. We serve a wonderful God. I want to thank him for specific answer to prayer this week. Thankful for God's help in different situations. God's good to us. God's on the throne. God's in control. God's still working, answering prayer, and moving. And today we gather to praise and glorify his name. May he be lifted up. May our hearts, may our hearts just praise and lift up Jesus this morning. Whatever he wants in this service today, God have your will. God work your plan out. God just, just meet with us this morning. We want him. We want his presence today. We're thank, I'm thankful to be a Christian this morning. I'm thankful to be one of his own. What what, what a privilege. Nothing that I deserve, nothing that I've done to deserve, but all because of his grace. Praise his name this morning. Just a couple of announcements to remind you of. There's a list in your bulletin. Look at your bulletin. Put those dates on your calendar so you won't forget them. But the Bus and Outreach Convention is this week. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday down in Lebanon. There's a flyer out there on the bulletin board with those details of times and sessions and such. You can see it out there. Church cleanup day uh, this coming Saturday at 9 o'clock. If you're able to help us, we'd appreciate it. I know there's different things that on the agenda, different um, items that we need to work on, try to fix some things up around here, do some spring cleaning. So if you can help us at 9 o'clock this coming Saturday, we'd appreciate that. Our revival starts a week from Tuesday. Let us not coast or drift into this revival time, but let us seek and pray and ask God, God, come and meet with us. God, we want your spirit. The Lord often, when God often comes at revival times, and sometimes I wonder if that's just because his people set aside special time to seek him, to really focus in and seek him. And let's do that now, starting now. Hopefully already have started. God, come and help us. We're looking forward to those services with Brother Smith. I would encourage you. There's flyers back on there on the table. If you know of someone, take some with you. Hand them out. Invite people to that. We're looking forward to that. Ushers, will you come at this time? Prepare to receive the morning offering. All right. Brother Cooler, would you help us this morning? Brother Marv, ask God's blessing in the offering. And Heavenly Father, we pray to thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. We ask the Lord to bless this offering. We bless the ones who have given you. We can't give them more given to the Lord praise and thank you for it. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for your giving this morning. Thank you for that offertory. I believe Brother Darren has our number and song at this time. morning. I'm so glad that he saves me and sanctifies me, and I'm glad that I have found him to be a God who's loving and who's caring. I'm glad that when I've stood in need of a Savior, in need of a friend, he's been a friend so strong and so true. And this old hymn I'm going to sing for you this morning simply says, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. I'm glad he cares for me. I'm glad he cares for each and every one of us here this morning. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus Since I found in him a friend so strong and true I would tell you how he changed my life completely And he did something that no other friend could do no one ever cared for me like Jesus there's no other friend so kind as he no one else could take the sin and darkness from me Oh, how much he cared for me. And all my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. But Jesus placed his strong loving arms around me and he led me in the way i ought to go every day he comes to me with new assurance more and more i understand his words of love but I'll never know just why he came to save me Till someday I see his blessed face above No one ever cared for me like Jesus There's no other friend so kind as he no one else could take the sin and darkness from me. And oh, how much he cared for me. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. And there's no
and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Brother Darren. Wonderful song. Wonderful song. Amen. How true it is. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's just, that's just wonderful. Wonderful reminder uh, that nobody, nobody could take the sin and darkness from us. Nobody could lift us out except for Jesus. That we're so thankful for. Thank you for that good song this morning. Philippians chapter 2 verses 12. Down through verse number 16. Let's stand together. Philippians 2, verse 12 through 16. If you are interested in helping us with uh, uh, hosting, taking care of some of the folks that are coming from uh, God's Bible School on the 21st, I just put this out to you. Uh, if you're interested, let us know. Let my wife and I, my wife or I, know, and uh, we can help with that. Somebody mentioned to me this morning about it, and uh, if you're interested in helping us out uh, and keeping them, it would be it would amount to keeping them over Thursday night and uh, giving them probably a snack after service. We'll, we'll give them supper before service, be a snack after uh, church, and then probably uh, breakfast in the morning, and then bringing them back um, to this to uh, the church for Friday morning as they get ready to go on to their next trip. So if you're interested in helping us out, uh, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll try to accommodate you. So I was thinking about somebody asked me today. Said, "Is this the same thing we did before COVID when we were back there planning on keeping all these people and we had places for all of them to go and then it got canceled?" I said, "Yes, this is the reschedule. So uh, if you have uh, food items left over from back then, discard them." <laughs> and cook them up something fresh. But uh, we, if you're able to help us, uh, you, you just let us know. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Well, my wife to ask the blessing on the message this morning. Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and your presence today. We're just yes, glad that Jesus. we're with your I pray, dear Lord, that you'd help us in this part of the service. Would you open up all of our hearts and we can accept everything that you have for us today. Help your servant hide him behind the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. be seated. I was reminded this week that uh, uh, 
that there's going to come an end to life. Going to come an end to life. And I thought, you know, uh, it's going to happen to all of us, regardless how old we are, how healthy we are, how wise we are. Uh, it's going to come an end to life. And we don't know when that'll be. But I'm glad we can be prepared for it, aren't you? Thankful we can be prepared for it. And a good preacher friend of ours, uh, I believe the third sermon that I ever preached was in his church. And a good preacher friend of ours made his, his crossing um, uh, this last week. And I thought about something. His, his boy, his middle boy, called me uh, just within a few moments of his dad's passing. And he said, you know, Brian, he said, one thing about dad. He said, every time he preached, he preached like it was everybody's last sermon to hear before they were leaving this world. And he did. He did. He was a good man, a good man. And uh, I thought about that, and I thought, Lord, oh, if you could just help all of us to remember that. We don't have any guarantee of tomorrow. We don't really have any guarantee. So let's just live our lives right, right? And uh, live our lives ready and uh, just serve him faithfully. Well, I want to talk to you uh, this morning about simple obedience, basic obedience. I'm going to talk to you for a little while. That's a pretty powerful statement that Paul shares concerning the church at uh, Philippi here, um, where he had, he had developed this uh, uh, relationship, uh, a close relationship uh, with them. And probably, uh, I think, I like to think this, probably it was a closer relationship than other places that he had been to. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm not going to talk about uh, those today, but I think that it, there's a reason, there's some reasons there uh, why this place became very uh, dear, very special to him. But nonetheless, it was a well-connected church uh, in regards to seeing the needs of people around them. And uh, not just within their own ranks, but it was part of their, but part of their community. They were well uh, connected. They discovered the beauty of living lives for the cause of others rather than for themselves. And that's really what all churches should do. They were blessed in sharing and, and meeting uh, the needs of others. And, and it, was, it was, they didn't do it for this reason, but it does appear, if you look into their situation, it does appear that the more they give, uh, gave, the more God blessed and also, the more they met the needs of others, the more opportunities uh, that they had to meet the needs of others. And when I was thinking about that this week, I thought, thinking about, I think as Brother Stefano mentioned recently about our prayer list that's growing. And we have a lot of needs and, and issues in and, and people's lives that are struggling, various different things. Our prayer list uh, seems to be growing. And thank God for every answer to prayer. And we do. But I thought, Lord, thank you for counting us worthy to have a prayer list that's growing. Because we want to be faithful to take those needs to him. And uh, we want to be praying people in a praying church. And this isn't in my message, but I'm going to throw this in because I think i got extra time. And if I don't, it's only my time. So um, I'm just thinking about uh, prayer time is so important, folks. I, I can't emphasize it enough. I can't push a button to make people discover it enough. But I can tell you this much. If you ever plug in to the power of prayer, you will know how important it is, whether it's family issues, whatever it is. 
work-related things, uh, community. You'll just know physical things. You'll just know. If you ever plug into that, you will know that it's important. You'll know that it's not just a formality that we go through to have prayer time before service. On Sunday night, for instance, or prior to revival. And I look forward to gathering downstairs uh, before service. If you're able, I know some of you work right up to the end. You can't help it. You just barely get here in time for uh, service. But um, by all means, uh, prayer is, is powerful. It's very powerful. And uh, I thank God that uh, he has, I, I was just thanking him this week. Lord, thank you that there's something to pray about. There's much to pray about, but Lord, thank you for that there's something to pray about because you send those requests our ways. If we're praying people, you send those requests our ways. I got, I got a little, I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but I got a little bit, um, I had a little thing that happened to me in the hospital the other day. And it's happened to me several times in the hospital. The hospital is a battleground for spiritual warfare. Because many people in the hospital are near the end. Not all of them, and many of them get well and come out, but a lot of people in the hospital are near the end, so it's a battleground. The devil doesn't want somebody to receive the seed of the gospel just prior to leaving this world. Devil, devil, and so he'll do everything he can to fight that. But I was thinking the other day when I was, we were at the hospital uh, visiting, and uh, sure enough, I was getting ready to pray with uh, somebody and the, and the devil the devil's interested in what we pray about. Did you ever notice that? The devil's interested in what we pray about. I was getting ready to pray for somebody who looked like they were, uh, I, I don't know, on their last leg. Let's put it that way. It looked like there was no hope. It looked like it was all going that direction. It looked like the family had accepted that it was all going uh, that direction. And it looked like uh, it was going to happen uh, rather quickly. And so as I was getting ready to pray, I thought, Lord, we don't just have to accept uh, everything as it comes our direction. We have the power of prayer. And, and I thought, it, it doesn't have to be somebody that's on the mend that you can touch. It can be that person that where there's no hope that you can touch. But sure enough, the devil comes around and says, don't make a fool of yourself praying for their healing in the midst of this dire situation and offering them a false hope. Well, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not praying to you or for you. But I thought, Lord, you are able. In this very situation, you are able. Even when there's no hope and everything is gone, that doesn't change anything with you. And I praise the Lord that the doctor said, we don't have any explanation. We have no explanation. We don't, we don't know. We can't explain this, but... She's made a complete turnaround. I have an explanation. There were a host of people praying really all across the land, all across the nation. There were people praying and praying and praying. God's able. So it's a privilege for us as Christians, as believers. These, this church was blessed and helping with the needs of others and they were blessed because they were carefully following the teachings of Paul and they were practicing obedience 
to God. If you're practicing in your heart to be obedient to the dictates of God in your life, you have every right to call on him for every situation. Just call on him. Uh, you don't have to beg him to open the doors. If your heart is right and ready with God, just call on him. He's listening. He gives ear. He gives ear to the cries of his children. It's interesting to me that, that out of the seven churches in Revelation, out of the seven churches that were addressed by Jesus that John uh, wrote about, um, most had very serious issues and they were clearly uh, chastised and they were also instructed to repent. Because remember what Grandma Spangler said, as long as there's hope, as long as there's breath, there's hope. And so he gives them the opportunity uh, to repent. But there were two out of the seven that were not reprimanded. And this is, is interesting to me. Uh, in particular, one of those, the Church of Philadelphia, uh, we read about that in chapter 3 and verse 7 through uh, 13, toward the end of this enlightenment that came that, that John shares with us. The Lord had a lot of good to say about this particular church. He said, I know thy works that thou hast a little strength. And I got looking at that and I thought, now what does that mean, a little strength? Well, there's a whole host of definitions as to what that uh, could mean. So uh, you can just go through and, and uh, pray and ask God to show you which one and then do eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Because there's a lot of explanation. It just seems like there's certain little phrases in the scripture that has 101 interpretations. But when I read through there, I kept coming back to one that uh, a lot of individuals would uh, ascribe to, and that was this. You have hold of power. You have a hold of power. You're not the source of the power, but you have a hold of power. And uh, I like that expression of it because uh, he says here, thou hast a little strength, or you've got a hold of the little end of something really big, uh, as one writer said. But he also said this, Thou hast not denied my name, thank the Lord. So he said, I know thy works. Thou hast a little strength. Thou hast not denied my name. But tucked right in the middle of all of that is this proclamation that he says, Thou hast kept my word. Thou hast kept my word. That is, they were faithful in doctrine, in precept, and in practice. And to the phrase, thou hast not denied my name, they were faithful witnesses in the midst of their tests and trials and difficulties. And later, Jesus said, I have loved thee. They were people who ascribed to God's way. And they liked it, fell in love with it. They began to talk, uh, talk about it and propagate it. And they were certainly people that held to it. The guaranteed way of being found on the receiving end of the praises of God is to honor his word, both in practice and in promotion. When you truly get saved and truly get your life changed, you got to tell somebody about it. Amen? You want to tell uh, somebody about it. And so that's what they were doing. They were both practicing and promoting his word. And the secret to being safe from all harm, as the songwriter said, is clearly in maintaining an obedient heart towards the things of God. The key to victorious living, folks, the key to victorious living, to triumphing over all that our enemy throws across our pathway is to honor God by conducting ourselves as obedient children. We honor God by obeying him. 
Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee in the time of temptation. He's praising them and promising them that because of the steadfastness and the faithfulness in both doctrine and practice in their lives and what they taught, what they believed and what they lived by, because you have met my requirement, I'm going to be faithful to you. Paul was praising the church at Philippi, and he says he has great memories of them. In chapter 1 of this, uh, of Philippians, in chapter 1, verse number 3, he said, I thank God upon every remembrance of you. And then he's thrilled by this. He'd go to verse number 5. He said he, he is thrilled that, they, that there's a fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Isn't that a beautiful testimony? There's fellowship in the, there's nothing broken, nothing amiss, nothing that got shelved or put away or rearranged. There's been fellowship there from the first day until even still now. Isn't that remarkable? It is always refreshing to see those who start out this way and just never look back. Praise God. And, and all too often, you know, we encounter those who come to Christ initially, but then seemingly they struggle and they struggle and they struggle keeping up with any uh, level of commitment for at least any length of time. You know, it just seems like, you know, well, let me just share this with you. I don't feel like a person has to get saved every revival. I thank God for everybody that gets saved during revival. Or if they get saved alongside their bedside or out on the road or in the job, uh, on the assembly line, wherever they get saved. Thank God for those that get saved. But you know what, folks? You, know you can have an experience today where you don't have to always be coming back to Jesus and saying, forgive me now, I've sinned again. Forgive me now, I went astray. You can live your life. And, so, and here's a testimony. Paul's saying, man, I thank God every time I think about you folks, you Philippians, because from the day you started, you've been faithful, 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 and you're still serving God, not only in your own heart, but you're keeping the doctrine, you're holding to the truth, and you're telling it abroad and sharing it with others. Well, I'm so grateful for the day of surrender. Now, maybe I came along late in life. I don't know. I think I came along early in life. Um, I'm old, but I'm enjoying it. This grandpa thing, oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, I like being able to hold them and rock them and cuddle them and play with them and, and then send them home. I like it. It's neat. But, um, and they, I don't even care to necessarily send them home. They're just great. But, and we got another one coming. By the way, praise the Lord, we have another one coming. Thank the Lord. Uh, September. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this yet or not, Brian and Phoebe, but there's another one coming. So, isn't that exciting? Praise the Lord. I've been hoping for a dozen. Brianna. <laughs> Four sets of twins and we'll have it. Oh, yeah, I just love this grandparenting and this. And I think, oh, what a privilege. What a privilege that we have. If the Lord has saved us and lifted us out and changed our life, then we can walk with him one day, two days, and just live our life out for him. Because there's people coming behind. Not just family members, but multitudes of people coming behind. I shared with you about my uncle getting saved. I'm thankful for family and relatives that were there who stayed by the stuff. So there was an open door and people to pray. Thank God uh, for that. But when I got saved, we had no idea 
that you could become a Christian at either the bronze, the silver, or the gold level. We didn't know that. We didn't know you could just get in so-so or just get in so-so-so. We didn't know that. We thought when you got in, you got in. We came in at the platinum level. We said, we want all you've got for us, Lord. We want everything. We don't want to just, just, just do church. We didn't know any better. Praise the Lord, I'm glad we didn't. Jesus became our master. His word became our manual. Serving God became our motto. And when we started on day one, we were planning on finishing the race. My friend said to me, he said, Brother Brian, he said, this is what dad lived for. This is what, he's bowing on the phone. This is what dad lived for. I said, yes, it is. This is exactly what he's lived for. But in my mind, I'm thinking, and he passed down his heritage to you three boys. And now to your grandchildren, your children. And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is why Paul was encouraged. Because this church was serious about serving. Serving God with their whole heart. Serving humanity with all their energy. Following their re the redemption in their own life. Their, their focus became, number one, personal, uh, their, in their own heart, uh, in their own life, personal retention. I'm going to stay at the job. But not, they didn't just stay there. Because it was also a recruitment process that they were involved in, uh, bringing others, both keeping their newfound possession and telling others what they had discovered. Can you see it there in verse number 12? Having always obeyed, and then in verse number 16, holding forth the word of life. Can you see that? Having always obeyed and then holding forth, presenting the same thing that changed your life, holding. And I'll tell you, there's a little secret when you live your life that way, folks, you'll find it much easier not to get trapped in verse 14. Do you see what verse 14 says there? Do all things without murmurings and disputings. When you focus on keeping your heart right with God first, and then you focus on reaching people for the same, you're just not a whole bunch of time left for arguing around Take a, a look, another look at Paul's insight, what he shares from chapter 1. He says, your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. I see four things in that statement. Just quickly, I see four things there. Uh, number one, I think that it suggests, first of all, that their attention was to the gospel. Secondly, that their readiness was to continue in it. And third, that they had a resolve to persevere, regardless of whatever came, they they knew before the storm that they were going to come forth as gold. You can have that confidence in your heart. You, as a Christian, as a believer, you can be so settled today that you know he's going to keep you uh, down the road. And lastly, their unity and their affection toward themselves. They wanted to keep a good atmosphere. They wanted to keep the channels open amongst uh, their friends, family, peers, and those around them. You know, the greatest way from becoming disgruntled at one another, the easiest way to appreciate uh, one another and to keep yourself from becoming a, a fault finder, because there's a lot of fault finders in life, isn't there? 
There's a lot of fault finders. But uh, we don't want to be fault finders as Christians. But the easiest way to do that is to, is to carefully and meticulously follow the will of God with your heart. You know, the easiest way to keep from criticizing people is to critique your heart with his word, with God's word. Lord, search me. Look at me. Search me. Search my heart. And I feel this way. Simple obedience to God's word always produces a brilliant radiance in our life. It just brings the sun. It roll, when we obey what God wants us to do as an individual, it rolls back the clouds. Paul was encouraging them to be uh, personally attentive, to be involved in, in spiritual practices as a believer. And he was clearly saying, do it with great carefulness and caution before the Lord, with fear and with trembling, he said. He, he knew that they would take it from him. He knew they could accept this because what was the testimony he had of them? You've always obeyed before. I know you can take this. You've always obeyed before, so he tells them. He's saying, you folks are just great. Isn't that nice? You folks are just great. And on this account, you are always desiring truth, always obeying truth, always defending the truth, because you have always respected and accepted the truth. They were more uh, concerned about what God thought than what about than that of what people thought. Just more concerned about God. What do you think? You know, you can apply that to every area of your life. If you have loved ones that are unsaved, God, what do you think about my unsaved loved ones? If you have a situation at work that's very, very extremely difficult, God, what do you think about this particular thing? Whatever it is in life, they were just concerned about what God thought. I can't even begin to tell you how many people I have watched throw away their lives because they were too busy doing what everybody else thought they should be doing, trying to please somebody else other than God. And they threw away their life, wasted their life. The sad fact of the matter is many from right out of the church pew have just squandered away everything uh, because they would not let their heart bow to God and obey his word. And they lived under this mentality of trying to please their peers and cronies around them. It's a sad thing, but we just tend to be followers. People tend to be followers. So many people are followers. And they allow others to lead them into trouble. Time and time again, they get, their, they get bit by the dog, and the next thing you know, they're led right back into the pen, petting the dog again. Trouble, trouble, trouble. But they're trapped. They're trapped into this thing of being led by pressure around them. I'm thankful for 18 years ago when I finally decided I don't need to please people. Now, don't you misunderstand me, but I just, I was pleasing the wrong people and for the wrong reasons. And I'm thankful for change that I still believe can impact every single person today in life. I don't think it was something special that God gave me directly. I think God can do this for anybody. Allow an impact, allow a change, allow a, a drastic readjustment in their life. So thankful for the, for the day when 
I mean, for the day when I no longer had to succumb to peer pressure. Praise the Lord. Do you still get peer pressure? Yes. Yep. Somebody told me recently, they said, oh, Brother Spangler, if you could have only read what they wrote about you after you preached that message on Facebook. <laughs> well, praise the Lord, folks. Maybe you read it. Don't even tell me about it because I don't want to be under that kind of pressure. So I didn't read it. I didn't hear about it. But people told me, they said, oh, yeah, this one said this and this one said that. And, and, uh, but, oh, praise the Lord. Just honestly, it's just like water off a duck's back. Isn't that nice? Some of you, <laughs> I don't know. Some of you look like I just scared you to death. Hey, I'm your friend, man. I'm your friend. We're pals. <laughs> I love you. But you know, sometimes you're not careful. You know, then you're afraid to, you'd be afraid to, if you were a preacher and you were worried all the time about what they say on Facebook, you'd, you'd be afraid to deal with anything. Right? Somebody said to me the other day, said, Brother Spangner, I know you don't read Facebook, so here I got something for you. And they gave me a little clip that was so important and I appreciated it so much. I was glad they read Facebook because it told me that they're coming into my area to spray for gypsy moth. <laughs> yeah, and they found that on Facebook and gave me the post. And I did something. I did something. Here I went way out on a limb. This is, you just got to get dead to people. I went way out on a limb. I said, Nathan, I got an idea. I had this, I had a, a brainstorm. He probably gets nervous whenever I have a brainstorm because I'm not techie, but he is techie. So I took my brainstorm to him and said, Nathan, what I want you to do, is there a way? I don't know. I said, is there a way that you can post this on Facebook? Oh, did you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I said, I want you to post this on Facebook and I want you to send it out. Have it. So it goes like 50 miles around for our church, 50 miles around here for our church. This announcement for GBS coming. So I went, could you do that? He said, yeah. He knew right away how to do it. He, you know, this, this, that. It'll cost, you know, $15,000. <laughs> no, cost $100 or whatever. $125. I said, do it. Send it. Get it out there. And today or last night sometime he sent me the results. He said, 2,000 people or 3,000 people already looked at this. 100 people already uh, clicked on the link. Uh, to look at. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. I said, good. I said, revivals starting one week from Tuesday. Make another one and send it out. <laughs> Cost $100. I don't know how much it costs. I think he said we spent $22 uh, so far. So, well, how did I get on that? Well, when you deal with Facebook, you get into all kind of stuff. <laughs> but, I was so thankful that you don't have to come under pressure any longer to what people think about your Christian walk because you're different, because you're, you're, you're a new person. And honestly, uh, I didn't realize really the change uh, that would take place. I didn't understand that I would come out from all that pressure. I'm talking about 40 years ago. I didn't realize that I would come out from all that pressure when I got saved. I mean, the preacher didn't necessarily preach that, and they didn't say that in the Bible. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, I was set free from that. I don't know how else to explain it, but I was under bondage to what all my peers thought, but I was set free that Friday night. I was set free from that. And I thank, I thank God for it. 
I didn't, I, I never fully understood the bondage that I was even in until after I got out from underneath of it. And uh, this may not uh, be all of them, but it, it certainly is part of it. One of the things that I was set free from is the fear of man. I was set free from that. Because I worried. I had an image at school. And I wanted to keep that image. And I didn't want to be uh, soft when it came to sin. I don't mean that in the sense that I say it today. I mean back in those days, it, the worse it was, the more you got involved. But when I got saved, I thought, hey, guys, I don't need that anymore. Don't have to go there anymore. And let me tell you something else. I could cite case after case for this, folks. When your good friend leads you down the wrong path and lands you in trouble, they will be the first ones to run off and leave you there. When the pressure's on, they'll leave you high and dry. And this may not uh, be all of them, but it sure plays out more times than, than not. When you get in trouble, you're usually there by yourself. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I know I'm in trouble now because they're at one minute I'm supposed to be done. But I know you folks are gracious and forgiving, so you're going to give me 21 minutes. Um, when I was in high school, public school, we acted up and smarted off and carried on, and the worst, the worst it could be is what we did. Trouble, trouble, trouble. It's what we did. Uh, thinking it was always funny and thinking it was always cool. We were naive. We didn't know. We were immature. We were kids and we did not know. And I was a wretched sinner. Jesus did not live in my heart. And if I would have died during some of my deeds when I was in high school, I would have dropped right straight into devil's hell. And I'd have still been there today. Well, I remember those days when the hammer came down and everybody scattered like flies. We just split, took off, and left the little guy to handle the fall. I remember those days. We had a deputy sheriff that patrolled the... Uh, the school, the high school where I went, and uh, you get in trouble and you get caught by him and you were on your own. Your friends never stayed uh, with you. They'd take off and get out. And if we had to, it didn't make any difference to us because we were trying to get out of trouble ourselves. We'd lie. We would lie and cheat and do whatever we had to to get out from underneath uh, the pressure. And if you were involved but didn't get caught, it was very easy for you just to lie and say, no, I wasn't involved, didn't know anything about it, and I was not here uh, when it happened. We did whatever the crowd wanted. We followed where the crowd led. We, we lived for the next big laugh and party. We were always close-knit until somebody got nailed. And then we scrambled to protect ourselves. That's just the nature of humanity. Thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Ghost as a senior in high school. Thank God for a dad who never would take my word against the lawman. That is tough. That is tough when he comes knocking at your door. That's tough. If you know that your dad is automatically already on his side before he ever shows up, that's real tough. Bunch of guys riding together and I got pulled over. I wasn't doing much, but I got pulled over. And he could have cited me for a host of things, but he cited me for two things. He cited me, number one, for failure to control vehicle, 
And number two, reckless operation. He went easy on me on purpose. He went easy on all of us guys. We could have all been in big trouble, but he went easy on us. But I still had to go to court. And I remember uh, my dad, who was automatically on there, he might as well have been the one driving the cruiser that pulled me over. He said, Brian, boy, I'm telling you. That was like a little phrase that dad inserted in there just to really get your attention that he's about to say something. Brian, boy, I'm telling you. When you stand before that judge, you better have respect. And don't you lie to him. You tell him you're sorry. And boy, you better be. Whew, that was worse than standing before the judge. Incidentally, it didn't end there. I had been on my dad's car insurance for $98 every six months. Isn't that cheap full coverage? Wasn't that great? 98 bucks on my Monte Carlo for six months. Full coverage. I mean, you almost prayed for a deer to jump out in front of you just so you could get new headlights. But boy, when that happened, things changed. My dad said, you're no longer on my insurance policy, so you call them tomorrow and you get a quote for your own policy. And then he said, by the way, you're grounded from driving. <clears throat> and riding with your friends. Dad, I am an adult. <laughs> no, I never thought that. Even though I was. I was a very immature one. And I thought about that. My insurance went from $98 every six months to $73 every 30 days, and I had to pay a month in advance. Well, back then, that was a lot of money. They didn't print it as fast back then as they do now. I had to pay it in advance. My friends never contributed one dime to that. Hey, what, what was it like? What did the judge say? What happened here? Hey, when, when are you going to get to drive again? The good news is, was in three months, within three months, I got saved. Praise the Lord. That was the good news. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not Fashioning yourselves according to the former lust, this part's for me, in your ignorance. We didn't understand all that we were doing. We we, there was no way we could have understood all that we were doing and what it was amounting to and what it was doing uh, to our lives. But, you know, you don't have to really understand all the damage that it's doing if you can somehow understand all the good that God wants to do. This, this conduct uh, changes in a person because they become as obedient children. This, this conduct uh, changes till it, it desires to obey his command. It desires to submit to his will. And it happens through a, a consistent, unwavering walk. I'm talking about when, when, when you start serving God... If you want it really to work, 
Practice being consistent serving God. Not fashioning the cells or forming and modeling after your own life and past. You've learned better. You didn't understand all that was happening back then, but now you know better. They were to have a new model or example with which they were to, to, to now frame their lives, construct their lives, build their house, if you would. Not, their, not after the other earlier principles in life, but now something different. The Christian is to be different from what he was before his conversion. Can, can we say amen with that? The Christian is to be different from what he was before his conversion. To be different. Changed. He is to be governed by new laws. He is to aim at new objects. To mold his life in accordance with principles. Biblical principles. And so I say this in closing. If you're still wrestling over what you can't do, you haven't yet discovered what God can do. If you're still struggling over what you can't do, you haven't discovered what God can do. If you struggle with simple obedience to his word, you really haven't yet entered into a commitment with him. Can't have it both ways. You can't be committed to him and push back on this. Can't have it both ways. If you're still committing sin, you still need to be saved. That's right. If you're still committing sin, you just still need to be saved. But the fact of the matter is, you can have the same testimony that they had back there at the church of Philippi. That you made a commitment to God to serve him faithfully. And God, through his grace, strength, enabling power, helps you to live victorious every day. Every day. Many spend their energy and their intellect trying to adjust God's word to their desires and lifestyle. Try to search through it for excuses for their failures. But oh, it's so much more rewarding and satisfying just to adjust your life to his word. Just adjust your life to his word. To obey him on all things and to find out that God only offers, only offers to his followers nothing but good. That's what God does 100% of the time. Shall we stand? I just ask you to consider this this morning. If your life is not victorious every day, every day, if your life is not victorious every day in every way, it can be. Can be. He grants us power to be different, to be changed, to be renewed, and to be holy. Brother Roy, will you dismiss us in prayer, please? Lord, we thank you for this truth this morning. We thank you, Lord, that it is a power.
possibility for us to give according to your word, but you put a desire in our heart. <coughs> Traveling mercies, and the truth go with us, and the promise to honor you throughout this day.